Hello and welcome to the debut episode of Beating the Ten Count. I am Conrad. I like wrestling, which is basically uh, what the show's all about. Um, I hope you enjoy this. Um, this today is literally just going to be the debut episode. Um, I'll be giving like a quick intro to what uh, this is all going to be, um, and then we'll get like into business properly. Um, yeah, so let's uh, do this. Um, here's how it's going to go. Um, I'll be discussing 10 things that have happened in the wrestling world recently. Um, in this episode, I'll be going back to August and September because that was, um, it's sort of recent, I guess. Um, but like, I feel that's like a really active part of wrestling. Like this year, like it was, like there was just loads happening and I feel like I could get the most out of going back to there. Um, obviously, I'll be talking about some more recent stuff as well, but um, August and September will be used as well. Um, but uh, I'll offer my opinion on this thing that I'm discussing, be it news, um, a particular event for a particular promotion, or I'll be doing some um, wrestler spotlights, um, which basically I'll focus on um, a wrestler, which includes like match recommendations, um, career like knowledge and stuff. Um, I'll be doing the same with uh, certain championship reigns as well, um, and I'll get into that further um, as I... Um, go through what I'll be talking about today but um yeah I just thought I'd like give a brief intro about how this is gonna ha- uh, how this is gonna happen um so yeah I just hope we enjoy it and let's get down to business okay so as I've mentioned I will be record um be discussing 10 important things in wrestling um and today I will be discussing the success of the independent show all in which I'm pretty sure we've all heard about by now um, New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 Climax Tournament back in um, July and August. Um, I'll be giving you some recommended match watches uh, if you haven't watched any of them, that yet. Um, a wrestler spotlight on Switchblade Jay White, um, a New Japan wrestler for those WWE fans. Um, he's he's good. Um, his character's amazing. Um, I will also be discussing the declining viewership of Raw, um, how NXT again is so right doing a championship spotlight on AJ Styles' current and his most recent championship reign, um, the Awkward Shield reunion, World of Sport Wrestling over here in the UK, recommended match watches within the last few weeks, and um, a series that I, I'm dubbing Disappointing Rivalries. And the first episode will be Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar and their series of matches. Um, I hope this like sort of makes sense. It's literally just 10 points that I'll be like running through. Um, but yeah, no, without any without any like further ado, I guess like let's get talking about wrestling. Okay, so let's get cracking on with this business. Um, let's start off with the first point that I mentioned, which will be number one, um, the success or I feel that was majorly successful, um, of All In, the independent show ran by Cody or Cody Rhodes, formerly of WWE, um, and the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. Um, all tremendous talents, um, especially Cody. Now that he's on the independence, the Young Bucks have always been really good. They've been like unhindered, um, I suppose. Um, but Cody's sort of like he's just been amazing since leaving WWE. He's been Ring of Honor World Champion. Um, he won the NWA Championship at this event. He's been, or well, he's literally recently won the Ring of Honor Six Man Tag Titles. Um, but he's been really successful overall, um, and this is just. Um, it blew everything out of the water, really. The first show of its kind, really. Um, uh, it was self-funded as well. Um, the Young Bucks and Cody could have easily gone to 
um, their employers, which are mainly New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor, and asked them for funding, but they didn't. Um, they used their own money. Um, all that they asked for was um, for a platform to stream it on. They used Fight TV. They used um, New Japan Pro Wrestling World um, and Ring of Honor's Honor Clubs, uh, all all those um, streaming services. Um mm-hmm. Apparently, they made $1 million off pay-per-view buys and fight TV um, on on their own, as well as merchandise sales that are taken into account, I think. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely amazing. There were some really fun matches. Um, some of it is an acquired taste, I'll tell you that right now. Um, but yeah, I'd say um, Kenny Omega versus Pentagon Jr. was great. Hangman Page versus Joey Janela was supreme in its violence, and the post-match sort of segment was like it was funny, but like loads of people were kicking off about it because they didn't like what it was. Um, Marty Skull versus Kazuchika Ricarda was really good. Um, you can watch all of these on Fight. You can watch them on New Japan Pro Wrestling World, which I believe it's about seven pounds for us over here in the UK. Um, I don't know how much that is in America, but it's. 999 yen over in Japan. Um, Ring of Honor is a tiered thing. Um, your monthly, which is 999 um, a month, you can get Honor Club, um, like an annual subscription, which uh, I think it's a, I think it's a hundred dollars a month. I'm not sure that no hundred dollars a year. Sorry, um, but then you get your Honor Club VIP, which I believe, like I don't know because I haven't got it. Um, I've, uh, I think it's $120 for a year, but that you get like discounts and early access and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, overall it was uh, really successful. Oh, um, Stephen Amell from Arrow, if you watch Arrow, um, he was in a match as well. He actually surprised me with how good he was. Um, he was going through tables. He was hitting moves that like really, uh, a guy who's only really, it was his first singles match, like guy, who's only really had a handful of matches to win name. Like, I didn't think he should be doing, but he really impressed me. Um, Chris Daniels, uh, his opponent, was, um, I think he put a really good match up against him. Um, but yeah, overall, really successful show. I enjoyed it. Um, loads of others did as well. Um, there were some quite toxic comments about it. There, there was like, you know, they're, um, they're all virgins and whatever. Like, that's the only reason they called it all in. Like, those sort of comments. But it was... A, um, aside from like the fans and wherever, like um, it was like really successful in terms of wrestling. The crowd in the arena were phenomenal. Um, I really like their the atmosphere there was just amazing. Um, but yeah, all in, I see it as a massive success. And if you haven't watched the show yet, I highly re- recommend that you um, that you track it down and you watch it. It's available on Fight, New Japan World, and Honor Club. Okay, so this will probably be the longest segment because it's a tournament. Um, but let's have a look at New Japan Pro Wrestling annual G1 Climax tournament. This is sort of the equivalent to WWE's Royal Rumble, um, I guess, because uh, New Japan's biggest show of the year is Wrestle Kingdom. That's January the 4th. Um, but the winner of the G1 gets a championship shot um, at, at Wrestle Kingdom, like, but they get challenged for like the for the briefcase that they win. Um, uh, yeah, the winner of the G1 Climax normally goes on to Wrestle Kingdom, challenges for the title. Um, but if they get beaten in the G1, then um, then the person who beat them can challenge for the briefcase. 
But uh, basically, it's like a round-robin-style round tournament. You get two points for a win, one point for a draw, and no points for a loss. Um, it's 10 men in each block. Uh, um, yeah, a, a block and B block. Um, they have, like, tiebreakers as well. So, like, if you're all tied, then, like, so, like, it's uh, person A beats person B, but then person B beats person C, but person C beats person A, then person C goes through. No, person B's gone through, sorry. Oh, no, it all confused me. Basically, there's a bunch of tiebreaker things. Um, sorry, I didn't. I, I thought that on the spot there. Um, but, yeah, it's a really enjoyable tournament. And it, it gives you something to do as well. Like, say, um, if you're like me, who was on, like, uh, summer break from... Um, like education, I guess. Um, it just it just gives you something to do. Um, like there's always like fun angles. Um, the multi man tag matches always like progress storylines. Um, and it is genuinely it's grueling, but like the the quality of the matches never really uh, dips at all. Um, like the B block, you had the IWG that was the champions block this year. It had the um, US champion Juice Robinson, who was CJ Parker in NXT. Um, Heavyweight champion Kenny Omega, um, never openweight champion Hiroki Goto, um, severely underrated wrestler in my books. And I would say I had the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, but that's held by Chris Jericho and he's sort of doing a, a Brock Lesnar sort of routine. Um, a block, um, you had some of the bigger names in the company. You had um, Hiroshi Tanahashi, <laughs> sorry, um, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, Kazuchika Okada, uh, Switchblade Jay White. Um, you had Bad Luck Fale of Bullet Club. Uh, Evil from Los Incobernables de Japón. A um, couple of others, I can't remember. I'm tired. Um, and B Block as well. Um, you had... Uh, as previously mentioned, Omega, Juice Robinson, uh, Hiroki Goto. But you had uh, Tamatonga, you had Tomohiro Ishii, um, who's sort of like the Dolph Ziggler of New Japan. Um, you had Sanada. Um, you had Toriyano, who's like a comedy wrestler, but can still um, go quite well. Uh, you had a couple of us as well. Um, but overall, it was a really enjoyable tournament. Uh, some recommended matches. Um, Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi from the B block on the final day of that. Um, Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito. Kota Ibushi versus Tomohiro Ishii. Kenny Omega versus Tomohiro Ishii. Um, Tetsuya Naito versus Kenny Omega. Uh, Sonata versus Kenny Omega. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Hiroki Goto. Tomohiro Ishii versus Hiroki Goto. Um, A block, it was like, it was less good for a lot of people but um you had switchblade jay white versus kazuchika Okada, um switchblade jay white versus hiroshi tanahashi um Okada versus tanahashi was excellent uh tanahashi versus ibushi was really good as well from the finals um zack sabre jr versus kenny omega was good. Sack Sabre Jr. versus uh, Tetsuya Naito just for the finish because Sack won from out of nowhere. I don't think anybody expected him to. Um, Kenny Omega versus Toriano, if you're a fan of comedy wrestling, that was entertaining. Um, made me laugh quite a bit. Uh, but it's just pure wrestling like, all the way through. It's really good. 
Um, and if you're like new to New Japan and you don't, you're not used to their style, this is a great way to start. Um, and then like it follows up storylines as well, like in tag matches and whatever. If there's like a story, um, if there are rivals before, like Tanahashi and Okada, um, they talk, they all tell stories in the ring. It's really, it's really good, guys. Um, if you haven't watched New Japan before, then go on to New Japan World. Um, if you, um, if you start it, it's six ninety nine, but it's best to start it on the first of the month because that's uh, billing day. Um, otherwise, you get charged twice. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a really good tournament. Um, it gives you something to do. There's loads of good matches, even the matches that aren't like the best. The they still like mean something. Um, and it gives you sort. Of, it could give you a glimpse inside the future. Um, for example, uh, Tamatonga. Um, he was just ruining matches left, right, and causing DQ after DQ after DQ, and he carried on um, his like character. Um, where it's like he just didn't care about anything, but um, yeah, like just track down, look, look at any G1 climax tournament. Um, they're all well, most of them really good, um, from my experiences. Um, but New Japan as a whole, um, golden age at the minute, so um, yeah, it's really it's really enjoyable. So, um, yeah, the G1 climax, yeah, just watch that. Okay, so next we're gonna do a wrestler spotlight. Uh, which is basically going to be... I'm going to try and include one on every single episode. Um, now we're looking at the before-mentioned in the G1 Climax um, segment, uh, Switchblade Jay White. Um, he is, I believe, 25 years of age. Um, he's still got some way to go in the ring, don't get me wrong, but his character more than makes up for it. Um, I feel it's original. Um, like The way he's going... Um, uh, the faction system as well in New Japan, it sort of links into this. Um, there was... Um, Jay White was offered to join Bullet Club, um, pretty much everybody's head of Bullet Club, um, in uh, January, the day after Wrestle Kingdom at New Year's Dash. Um, but then Jay White turned on Kenny Omega, the leader of Bullet Club, um, and he decided he's going to align with Chaos, which is basically like... It's sort of like the good, like the Japanese good guy stable, I suppose. Um, but Jay said, I'm only really doing this for my benefit. There's going to be a day where I turn on you, um, which is done recently um, after Okada had um, a match against Hiroshi Tanahashi for the G1 Climax briefcase contract. Um, but yeah, he's just like, he's just really good. He's just a dastardly bugger. Um like in the G1, he picked up some big wins. He was literally just throwing chairs left, right and centre. Um, he was beating up young lions. Um, when he turned on Okada, there was, um, he beat up one of the young lions, which, um, well, the young lion system, I'll explain in like another episode. Um, but yeah, it was, like he, he had blood on his face. Um, but the gimmick is just, it's just really good. And there's so much future. Um, it's literally just a matter of time. Um, I can see him because he's literally, he's only really been back in New Japan for about um, a year because uh, the young lions go on excursion, which is basically they go to somewhere else to pick up skills. Um, but as soon as he came back, he was pushed. Um, he lost to Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom, beat Kenny Omega, came, I think, third in his block for uh, in the G1, which was his first G1, um, which is really impressive. And now he's got the backing of New Japan's Booker, uh, Gado, who sided with Jay over Okada, 
um, at destruction in Kobe. But yeah, Jay White, um, he started out as a young lion um, with a chubby face. Um, it, there was nothing really about him, but then he went on excursion for like, I think, a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, then he came back and there were all like, these video things being played from what I can remember. Um, he confronted Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, beat him up, um, challenged him at Wrestle Kingdom, revealed himself to be Switchblade. Um, he lost that match. Um, unfortunately, but it was quite a good match. Um, it was Jay's first major showing, and I don't, I don't feel he disappointed. Um, but uh, yeah, he went straight into a feud with Kenny Omega, um, beat Kenny Omega for the uh, title uh, for the US Championship. That is, um, like, like three, four months after like returning with like his new gimmick. Um, then he had a couple of defenses with that. Entered the G1 Climax, um, picked up some huge wins there. I don't think anybody expected him to beat Okada, um, but he has. Well, he did. Um, and then he beat up Okada. But I think they're going to position him. Um, if Kenny walk, if Kenny leaves New Japan, which I think a lot of people are thinking he's going to do, um, like this, like after his contract runs up, like next January, January 2019, um, I think they're going to put Jay in, like, the driver's seat, I suppose. Well, they're going to um, make him like the top heel in the company. Um, and with Gado, nobody's going to be able to beat him because um, like, the heel manager always gets involved, obviously. But yeah, um, JY, I just recommend, like, simply um, for me, who wants to be, who, like, who wants to start training to be a wrestler and character work will be a big part of it. Um, I look into Jay's gimmick, um, his mannerisms and the way he carries himself, like he doesn't really care. Um, so, yeah, just like just check him out. He's, he's really good. Like, for, for his age, like, obviously, there's, re- there's still, like, loads more he can do. But um, for someone so young, he shows so much promise as a wrestler. Um, his character is amazing. Um, like I've said, I, I, I feel like I'm just, like, singing his praises a bit too much, but he's, like... He's he's really good. Um, my next wrestler spotlight will be. See, I'm torn between um, Kenny Omega, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, or um, Finn Balor, which will be a slightly longer one. Um, uh, if you pick Balor, I'm going to put a vote out on Twitter. Um, my handle's in the description, so I'll be doing that. But yeah, this is this week's wrestler spotlight: Switchblade Jay White. Um, just like go and track, go and track some of his stuff down. It's quite, really quite good. Okay, next we're going to look at the declining viewership of Raw. We're on to the fourth point of this episode, um, and I think the issue with Raw is it was repeti- It's been repetitive for quite a while now. I don't think the writers are properly invested in it. Um, this is why people think that SmackDown's better than Raw. Um, Raw are literally the last two weeks they've been. Um, two consecutive re- weeks, they have drawn the worst ratings in the show's history. Um, I don't know if that's from, um, obviously, Monday Night Football over in the States um, or the repetitive booking that some fans are getting bored of. Because um, I remember back in, like, September um, or August, there was, like, Raw was, like, the set, exactly the same for, like, three weeks in a row. You had uh, Mojo Rawley versus No Way Jose. 
you had the Revival versus Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley, and then you had like a women's tag match, and then that was it. Then you had like a, um, a silly opening segment from Kurt Angle, um, and then you had like I think it was the Revival against Roman and Lashley, um, but it was like two two three weeks in a row, um, and I think it's just the repetitiveness. Um, like there's just like there's not really much of a direction. Like there's only real there's only really one main feud in terms of, like the men's division at the minute. Um, you've got like literally like the Shield, which is obviously Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, um, against the they call themselves the Dogs of War. I don't know if that's like an official name or um, that you've got uh, Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, and Dolph Ziggler on that side. Um, and there's literally there's not really that many people left. I suppose that's sort of like Raw's main event scene. You've got Kevin Owens, who showed so much promise after his walkout a couple of weeks ago, and that was like ruined like a week later. Um, Elias was really over at one point, and then he just got lost in the shuffle. Bobby Lashley, they were doing something with him, now they're not. Um, that part-timer, Brock Lesnar, seems to be the issue for me. Um he literally shows up when he wants to. Uh, Helen and Sell it really annoyed me with the finish. Um, basically, in a match with no disqualification, I really hope somebody can explain this to me. A match with no disqualification, Brock Lesnar comes down, kicks the door off the cell, F5s both of them, and then Roman Reigns, the man who kicked out of six F5s, and Braun Strowman, the man who can like take some of Lesnar's moves and get straight back up. It was announced that neither of them could compete, could carry on competing. Like, how does that even work? The over-reliance on part-timers pushing the same guys. I get Roman's talented, but I don't think he deserves... Like, I don't think he should be there every single week. Um, they need to be doing something more with other guys who the fans actually like. Um, like, Rollins was, like, the workhorse of Raw. Um, now he's playing second second fiddle in the Shield. Battler was in the Intercontinental title picture. Constable Baron Corbin has so much potential as a gimmick. And uh, he's literally just—he's literally booking himself in lackluster matches um, for title, for, like big titles. But it's—it's it's just getting silly now. Like it's getting to the point where fans are either changing the channel, they're um, or they're like watching Monday Night Football in the first place. Maybe the ratings will go back up if, when Monday Night Football when the football finishes over in the states. Um, but I just think uh, something needs to change. Need like a fresh. They just need like a fresh face on the writers team um you're just getting silly now and i've i sort of like stopped caring about raw i'd rather watch smackdown nxt 205 the may young classic um but yeah raw needs to sort itself out otherwise it's going to lose viewers well it's going to lose money from the lack of viewership but hey i don't think don't think vince mcmahon really really cares does he because he's just signed that deal with fox that's like worth one billion dollars um so he doesn't care what we think to be honest um but it's just, I don't know, it's just my opinion. Okay, now we're going to talk about something really positive, and this is something I've been looking forward to talking about for ages now, guys. Um, how NXT are getting it so right. They've been doing everything stellar this year. Johnny Gargano, amazing. Tommaso Ciampa as a heel, absolutely. Jesus, I have not seen a heel get such pure booze no cheers from the crowd he had no entrance music and the t-shirt that everybody wanted him to release he, fr- he finally released a piece of merchandise and it wasn't the t-shirt that people wanted 
like how much more of a heel can you get? Um, but yeah, Velveteen Dream, amazing. Ricochet, amazing. Pete Dunne and the Undisputed Era feud, amazing. Um, Adam Cole is an individual wrestler, amazing. Um, they've just handled the talent so well this year. Um, I believe they've had, uh, you've had Gargano Almas, uh, Gargano Champa, the TakeOver ladder match, and there was another, I swear to God, there's another five-star match um, rated by Meltzer. Um, yeah, it's just it's just been really good this year. Um, like the feuds, they make sense. It's um, a long term thing. I don't think NXT is that predictable um, these days because um, there's always like a new guy. That it's literally just like the, it's a cross between the independents and mainstream. It's just like it's really organic stuff. There's less like, like backstage skits and interviews and stuff like. It's mainly just getting down to the wrestling. It's a shorter time span as well, which I think is the issue with Raw. Um, like it's only an hour long, so it's like digestible. You can get like further into the stories. You can like catch up on bits that you've missed. Um, but then, like the takeover shows like aren't regular, so it's not exhausting for the fans either. But you've got Triple H as like it's NXT's Triple H's baby, as we all sort of know um, by now. Um, so he obviously knows this stuff being like a top guy himself. Like he knows how the business works properly. Um, he he's, he seems to be listening to the fans. Um, like Adam Cole, super over. They put the title, like no main in the first North American champion. Uh, Gargano and Champa, the crowd really invested in that. So Triple H puts it as the main event for two straight takeovers. No, three straight takeovers, sorry. Um, they wanted Alistair Black as champion. They gave him up. They put the NXT title on Alistair Black. Um, and Triple H seems to be doing everything right of NXT. Um, Mara, Ronaldo, and Nigel McGuinness and Percy Watson—they're just really good in commentary as well, which just adds to how good it is. Um, but NXT get everything right. Twenty nineteen could be an even better year. Um, I don't know if they, well, they can top it because well, I just I just know they can. It's been really good this year. I can't wait to see what next year holds for them. Um, but they're getting it. They're just, they're just doing everything so well at the minute. Um, I have to say, though, the only thing I don't like about NXT is where it leads to. Because as soon as an NXT talent gets called into the main roster, like, lack of is doing, done to them, especially if they're on Raw. If you look at the Revival, nothing was done with them um, for, for ages. Uh, Finn Balor, he was called up, uh, won the Universal title, got injured, and then hasn't really had anything done since. Samoa Joe's been in WWE Championship picture, Hasn't won anything. Um, the only real NXT success stories that I know of is Seth Rollins and Big E, really. Or Roman as well, but like he wasn't really in NXT for that long. Um, but yeah, NXT is just, just really good at the minute. I really hope they carry on with this upwards trajectory. Um, easily either the best or the second best brand in terms of wrestling all year um, alongside New Japan. But, um, yeah, they're just doing everything so well, and I hope it continues. Okay, so now we're looking at champion. Well, uh, the start of the Championship Spotlight Series, similar to the Wrestler Spotlight Series, but it's just going to be looking at, like, one championship reign. Um, this debut episode, um, I feel we should look at the current WWE champion, uh, AJ Styles, his current reign with the belt. Uh, as of recording, it stands at, I think... 320 maybe 330 days 
Um, so, yeah, um, we're going to look at that today. Um, for me, I'm going to say, um, against popular opinion, it's been disappointing. Because if you look at his track record, he's only made, what, like 13? No, he hasn't. he's made a couple more. Obviously, it's dependent on countless live events, but it's just like the matches, like his big matches, you've had Owens and Zayn, which is a bit of a crap feud. Um, you've had the six-pack challenge, which didn't really have a lot of story going into it. It was literally just everybody wanted the title. Nakamura for three matches. Um, that I feel, apart from Money in the Bank, all disappointed. Um, and then... Joe was it was all right, I guess. Um, well, the matches with Joe, like the chemistry and the story, just because Samoa Joe is such a good talker, his character works amazing. Um, but AJ is a wrestler. Him and Joe just have amazing chemistry. Um, you had the one little dalliance with Rusev as well, which was let's just face it, because Rusev was sort of the only guy that they had that the fans wanted to see challenge for the title. Um, but I. There's not really much main event talent on SmackDown. Um, I hope AJ, because uh, I think they're keeping it on until SmackDown 1000. I think that's obvious. Um, but, uh, well, I think they'll keep it on until SmackDown 1000. Because um, I haven't actually like fully watched Super Showdown yet. I um, I heard I heard rumours. I'm not going to spoil anything here. Um but I think they're going to keep it on AJ till SmackDown, until SmackDown 1000 and then Daniel Bryan's going to beat him in Saudi Arabia, um, which I hope is the case because I'm, I'm just getting bored of AJ champion because um, it's just been a bit underwhelming for me. So, um, But hey, that's just my opinion. This is this has been the championship spotlight. Um, you're looking at AJ Styles' most uh, recent reign. Um, also, uh, just before this little bit ends... Um, the fact that the WWE Championship is not being treated like a main event title anymore, the fact that Roman Reigns in well, since let's look, let's put it this way: since the main uh, the dual branded pay per views have started again, um, let's see, we had Extreme Rules, which was main evented by Roman Lashley. You had Money in the Bank, which was main evented by the Men's Money in the Bank ladder match. You had. Um, What's the one before SummerSlam? Uh, well, you've had SummerSlam, obviously, um, which was Roman Lesnar. You've had Hell in a Cell, which was Roman Strowman. You've had Super Showdown, which was Taker Triple H. You've had well, Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel will be Roman Strowman and Lesnar. Um, Survivor Series will more than likely be the multi-man tags. Uh, or the men's tag team. Um, but yeah, the fact that the Raw Women's Championship, like, I'm all for women's wrestling and whatever, but like, like the WWE Championship should be in the main event of the show because it's the most prestigious belt in there. Um, I think that's sort of like, for me, that's why AJ's title reign has been like so disappointing because he hasn't been given the main event stage to like showcase the best of his abilities. Um but what what can you do really? Uh, not a lot. Um, but yeah, this has been the championship spotlight for this week. Um, that was AJ Styles' championship reign through my eyes. 
Okay, next let's look at the reunion of the Hounds of Justice, um, the Shield on Monday Night Raw. Um, see, I, I used to really like the Shield, like when um, the TLC, obviously they, they were sort of like plagued when they reunited in the first place, because um, Roman got ill, and then Dean got injured when Roman came back from injury, uh, from illness, and then they've sort of just been... See, I wouldn't say they've been floating around because they've been doing quite well recently. Um, but I just don't feel the need for them to have reunited. Um, basically, if you didn't know, um, the Raw after SummerSlam, Roman Reigns said, oh, I'm going to be a uh, fighting champion. I'm going to um, defend it right here tonight. Um, then he called out Finn Balor, who obviously didn't really get a one-on-one rematch for the title. And everyone's like, oh, God, he's going to get... Uh, Finn's obviously going to lose because it's Roman and... They're, they're probably going to build up a really lengthy run, and they're not going to put it on Finn like the night after SummerSlam. Um, but then, yeah, Roman wins as everybody expected, but then Braun Strowman's tried to cash in, and then literally out of nowhere, like nobody was really expecting it, I don't think, um, the Shield have come out, and they beat up Braun Strowman, they put him through the table, and then, like, the, like, sort of ended with the Shield doing, like, the, the, the fist bump thing. Um, I, for one, was like, why do we need the Shield? Because now it's going to be six mans for ages. Um, the IC title's not really going to be defended that much because Rollins and Ambrose will be going after the tag titles. Um, or um, Rollins isn't going to be able to work as well because he's got the Shield um, and he'll be helping out there. Uh, like Dean and Seth are really good talents. I, I don't like Dean Ambrose, but I've got to appreciate his value as a wrestler. Um but the shield reunion, but the shield reunion just made like little to no sense to me. I think it'd just be better if they did their own thing, because there was no need for them to get back together in the first place. Roman and Braun have feuded one on one before, and um, there's literally just no, there's literally no sense in them getting back together. Um, I get it's like nostalgia feel and it's like merchandise shifting, but like you think about it, and Roman and Seth could sell. What the Shield selling merch on their own, like it'd work out to the same, if not more. So I think it just makes sense to pull the trigger, have Dean Ambrose turn heel, um, Seth can go back to putting on really good matches, Roman can just be Roman and do what he wants because he's Roman Reigns, um, and then Dean can go on and be the top heel of Raw, I guess. Um, but yeah, I quite like to see where the Shield goes, but um, I'm just saying I don't agree with the reunion but um overall like i think it's a good thing for Roy. it's like a fr- uh, breath of fresh air because i think dean was just going to get lost in the shuffle of the otherwise um but yeah it's been been confusing but it's been good so far okay so next we're going to look at um wos wrestling this is for us british fans um i know you're out there probably some some time in the future um <laughs> But um, yeah, WOS Wrestling was, I, I class it as a success. Um, I really enjoyed it for one, um, but then I'm a teenager, so I don't really think people care about what I think. Um, but yeah, it was good to see British wrestling back on the telly. Um, you had some really big names as well, to be honest. Um, you had Will Ospreay, you had... Dave Boy Smith Jr., the son of the British Bulldog. 
Um, you had Grado. I wouldn't really class him as a... Well, he's a big name. He wrestles for Impact. Um, Joe Hendry. Um, if you watch Impact, you know who he is. Martin Kirby. If you know about the UK scene, so you know what he's all about. Uh, Kaylee Ray in the women's division. Viper in the women's division. She was Piper Niven in the Mayan Classic. Um, Kaylee Ray was in the Mayan Classic as well. Um, B Priestley, who's... I don't like the fact that they refer to her as Will Ospreay's Mrs. Well, she is, but like it's just a bit undermining to her talent. Um, you had Rampage, another big name in the British scene. You had... There's just, there's just loads of people there. Um, I I really enjoyed it because I'm, I'd never really experienced like a big setting of British wrestling. I'm used to like the the lower down indie shows like uh, your Defiant Wrestling. Um, I've watched a bit of Progress here and there. Um, but yeah, you've got a big show like WOS um, showcasing some really good British talent. Um, I think it'll get more British people into wrestling, like uh, more talent coming out of the UK, because I think like there'll be kids sitting at home thinking, oh yeah, I'd want to do this. Um, but yeah, if you're in the UK or like... Um, Europe I think um, if you go on to the ITV hub um, all the episodes are there um, I'm not sure how that works well I'm not sure if that's like available worldwide um, but hopefully it is because it, it's really good the only thing that I'd criticize is the camera cuts um, it's literally uh, if it's like a big striking move it cuts to the crowd um, there's about five camera cuts every 10 seconds or so um, but they, they had Pyro as well, which is something that cannot be said for WWE at the minute, um, which was good. So it shows that ITV were invested in it because they were using Pyro. They had like quite a high tech. Well, they had quite a fancy little announce table. Um, and some of the talent that they brought in was really big names. So uh, especially like Will Ospreay, who's such a big, he's a big name. I think he can just charge quite a bit, quite a bit of money. For what he did, um, but the tapings were free as well, which is a good thing. Um, and the op- the the premiere episode was um, it drew in more than what Raw does. Um, like if you look at it in proportion, because the US is five times bigger than the UK, um, the UK drew in um, one point two million viewers um, for the start of WOS um, Raw's. Uh, Raw's last few have only really drawn in like 2 million or so, so um, quite an impressive feat, really. Um, but yeah, WS, they, I really hope they come back because um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's it just good to see British wrestling back, you know, um, like to be like taken seriously because um, the, the little independent shows that like are local to a lot of, a lot of us in the UK, um, they sort of treat it as like a joke. You have like people in the crowd making comments as like you would almost everywhere, really. Um, but then like, it's literally just treated as a joke, really. Um, I get it's like a family friendly thing, but like, it just annoys me. I like a wrestler be going for a move and then, um, well, the, the wrestler taking it will be like, Oh no. And I'll be like, Oh, this is happening now. It's like, it's a bit of a laugh, but it's just not taken as seriously as it should. And I think WS is getting it back on, track to be like taken as like a really big thing um and i think it's been back where it belongs really which is good um and i hope we get more of it okay this is really less of me going on about my opinion um on different 
matters. And it's literally just going to be me recommending to you um, a bunch of matches um, that I think the, that you'll all enjoy. Um, some of them are free. Some of them you'll have to get like a streaming service. Some of them are available. Well, um, there are websites that you can find. I'm not really going to tell you um, what they're called because you can do that yourself. And I'm, I don't really want to be promoting copyright infringement. Um, but you had Will Ospreay versus Jay Lethal from Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor. Um, that was really good. Will Ospreay versus Marty Skell from New Japan Pro Wrestling's US show, Friday and Spirit Unleashed. That was really good. Um, WWE-wise, there hasn't really been a lot. Oh, Pete Dunne versus Ricochet. Woo, Jesus. That was a really good match, guys. Um, one of the best WWE matches I've seen in a while. Um, if you don't mind me going back a bit, um, you had Adam Cole versus Ricochet from TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Uh, AJ versus Joe was really good from Hell in a Cell. Uh, but despite the screw finish, uh, Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. Jeff Hardy's going to die. Um, he's just, how is the man 40 years old and he's just like still going really strong? Um, Kazuchika Kurokada versus Hiroshi Tanahashi from the, the Destruction in Kobe, as I mentioned um, in the Jay White segment of thing. Um, there hasn't really been a lot of wrestling. Like, it's been good matches, obviously. Um, from All In, you had uh, Okada versus Marty Skrull. Um, from... Oh, um, Destruction in Hiroshima. Um, you had Kenny Omega versus Tomohiro Ishii. Um, Cody Rhodes versus Nick Aldis from All In was good. Uh... Yeah, that's all, that's all I can think of. I'm thinking about this from the top of my head. I'm really sorry, guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's some recommended match watches. Um, this will be more formal next week. Um, I'm leaving all this on Etsy as well, so you can make fun of me on Twitter and stuff. Um, but, uh, <coughs> yeah, that was um, some recommended match watches. Okay, so this is the last little um, segment on this show for today. Um, this is the series Disappointing Rivalries um, and this debut episode focuses on Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar and their three year rivalry. Um, so basically it all started in 2015, Roman Reigns won the Royal Rumble to a chorus of booze even though The Rock came out um, um, but then three years later Roman Reigns won the Elimination Chamber um, like elimination table 2018 when I challenged Brock Lesnar everybody was thinking oh yeah Lesnar's going to go back to the UFC because he doesn't care about WWE or anything um, but that wasn't the case Roman was bleeding really heavily like his face was literally like blood um, and that was quite a bit that it was alright I suppose there are so many 31 match where Rollins cashed in was really good um, and then they had another match at the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia which Lesnar probably got paid low to show up at um, they messed up the finish um, so Lesnar retained there uh, SummerSlam they finally pulled the trigger Roman won um, after 504 days of Brock Lesnar's championship reign um, but like the story was 
like I don't think anybody really cared about it. Um, like if Brock Lesnar was to like invest himself in wrestling, then I could understand like why people like him so much, or like why he's such a big draw. But like since he doesn't care, and it's literally just his, the same like two moves, like a couple of suplexes, an F five, and then you're done. Um, and like that's like six seven figures a match, and he doesn't show up like three months after. Um, yeah, it's just it's just quite silly now. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna. Um, yeah, that's all there really is to talk about with this rivalry for me. Um, I just think they could have done better if because Roman was working its ass off genuinely in the lead up to WrestleMania. I don't normally like Roman, and that storyline got got me to like Roman Reigns for a short while. Um, even the like the hardcore indie fans or like the, the internet smart asses who didn't like Roman, um, but they're all chanting for him when. Uh, Heyman turned up. I say turned on Lesnar is he threw his phone and um, grabbed him by the throat and everybody wanted Roman to come out and save the day, which I did as well to be fair. Um, but yeah, it could have been so much more if Lesnar invested himself into wrestling. He had a good couple of matches with Roman, and then um, Roman eventually won it, and then uh, Lesnar like put him over and then walked out. Um, I think it could have been so much better. But um, hey, it is what it is. It's a disappointing rivalry, and that was my ten point. Um, and we have beat the ten count. Okay, then I guess this is it for our um first episode of beating the ten count. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I will leave this unedited. Um, but uh, there were some little tongue tie bits. Um, I cough at one point. Um, I'm just really awkward. This is like. It's my first time podcasting in a while, then without a co-host. Um, so I was a bit nervous, um, but I've left it unedited, so you can either like poke fun of, poke fun at me on like Twitter and stuff, um, or you can be nice, I guess, and just say, "Oh yeah, just like do this better the next time." Um, but yeah, uh, I've been Comrade. This has been beating the ten count. I hope you've enjoyed it. There will be more episodes to come. Um, I have really enjoyed um, recording this because um, I haven't really been to, been able to talk about wrestling for a while. Um, so this has just let me get it all out of my system. Um, and I hope to um, see you listening to the next one or look at you listening to the next one through the viewers. That's an anchor. Right, bye. <laughs>